on this edition of The Next Phase with Steve Key, Jody Workerling. And she's joining us from Australia. And uh, we get our time zones all straight, but uh, we're, we're here to have a chat. And we're going to speak about resiliency and what does it mean and how we can harness this to make a more effective work culture. Now, she brings decades of experience in the corporate world, and she believes resiliency is a key feature in every enduring successful individual and every organizational culture that is productive and collaborative over the long term. So I welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on, Steve. To you, what does resilience mean? Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great place to start because what are we actually working towards? So I look at it on a couple of different levels. So the first level is um, as much as possible when things happen in our lives, when stresses happen, that we stay in that state of calm, clear thought, um, control kind of state. So that's the first side. The second side is we are all human beings and we do have times where we do feel stressed. It's part of being human. Um, So the other thing is to, when you are feeling stressed, recognise it in yourself because a lot of people are stressed and feel the effects of stress and don't actually recognise it. So recognise it in yourself and do things either in the moment or life-wise basically to return you to that state of calm. Um, and then there's kind of a third thing that I've I've recently kind of added on is there's times when there's a lot of things that are putting a lot of pressure on you. Um, so a common example, unfortunately, is things like going through divorces, that sort of stuff, that having that almost like internal grit to be able to actually work through that, even if it does feel uncomfortable, even if it's um, you're not in a great state through it. But they, but they talk about... You know, I always believe that, um, and I have actually, I have a tattoo that that was a quote from a football coach in 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 uh, the U.S. That, that sort of said, "It's not whether you get knocked down; it's whether you get back up." And I think that through our entire lives, we're going to go through all situations that probably make us who we are. So, you know, sure, you could go through a divorce, and I've done that, and I've you know, raised kids and I've 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 had different jobs in and out and and every time I think a door closes if I'm patient other doors open and I believe that's because I've learned to be resilient and bounce back and I I think that's part of it too right you you need to be able to get back up and get right back on the horse yeah so that's a lot of a mindset um thing and you're spot on so it's it's having that um, keep going attitude, that getting back after setbacks. That's actually also spotting those opportunities when they come. Because if you are really in the depths of of, of stress and being affected by stress, often the opportunities will come and you won't actually see them. So all of that is part of it. And and yeah, some of our most trying, difficult times in life are actually some of our biggest turning points, our biggest learning points for ourselves and our biggest self-development. I, I, uh, I'd worked full-time for the last four decades. At the end of 2020, I decided to retire from full-time work. Uh, and I created a plan. I thought you know, that I was going to go about things a, a different way. 
but I found that that time before I really started to kick into gear with what I'm doing now, uh, it allowed me to to heal and 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 likely learned from everything that I'd been through that, yeah, you need to take a step back. You need to survey what's going on and then move into the opportunities, which again, I, I call those those open doors. But if I hadn't faced the ups and downs, I don't think I'd be able to to go ahead and and be successful at this stage of my life. And 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 all I can say is I hope that every leader understands how they have to build their own resilience because at some point you're going to need to take a chance on yourself. Hundred percent agree, Steve. I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, companies and putting together staff and teams and and all sorts of things like that, you bring together different types of people. And they're they're all going to come from different walks of life. They're going to have different experiences. How can those who have had the resilience challenges help those who maybe haven't had them at this point? Like how how do you bring these all together? Um it's a really it's a really good question. Um I think as a leader or even as a as a leader without a title, so being like a, a person who who takes the lead within in an organization, a lot of it is around um the starting points connection with people. So actually taking the time to sit down and get to know them on, on a level, what motivates them, why are they coming to work, what's important to them, what are their priorities, what are their key challenges. Getting to know people on that personal level is a basis on which you can work together and, and develop together. If you don't know particular challenges or particular perspectives of a person, you, you're either going to be assuming or you're going to be ignoring. Um, so the first step is, as a leader, is always to actually get to know, get to know your people, and there from there, I'm I'm a big fan of of things like um, coaching programs, mentoring programs, that sort of stuff that actually helps people along that self development process. Um, but yeah, you've got to, you've got to know them. You can't, yeah, you can't help them develop otherwise. It's funny that you you mentioned that. Um, probably the biggest struggle that has um, that has impacted all of us over the last two years has been the pandemic. And you know, there's lots of talk about you know how we have adjusted as a society or a workforce. I mean, one day you're going to the office, the next day you're on Zoom or Teams or or one of these platforms and completely changed, but separated from this this workforce. And I think everyone had to take their own sort of personal stock in life and figure out what was important to be able to get through the challenges of lockdowns and bubbles and, and all these other things that we've never had to face in our lifetime. It's 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 been an interesting period on on so many levels. Um, it's actually tested human resilience in ways that most of us in our lifetimes has never been tested, and I think it continues to. Um, it's made a lot of people. You would have heard of the term the Great Resignation that seems to be happening. Yes. It's made a lot of people rethink priorities and what's important to them 
in their life and leaders need to adjust according to that. Um, it's been a, a very, very challenging period, but there's actually been some real positive things that have come out of it. I think I think one of the things I noticed was having to manage a remote workforce was learning to have trust that the work was being done when the person that worked for you wasn't sitting across the hall. Uh, and I think that had to accelerate quickly because this is something we weren't trained for. And a lot of companies wouldn't have work from home policies. And then they, this was sort of forced upon them. Uh, so it was a, an adjustment for the company and a, an adjustment for the individual. You, you, you've, you've talked about a little bit about this whole resilient culture. Do you find that in different types of organizations, different types of industries, that there are common themes or are some able to adjust better than others? Um, there are definitely common themes, but there's certain things that are particular to particular industries, definitely. So your common themes are things like, um, well, your common things that you want are things like creating a psychological safety. So where people feel safe to voice their opinions, try new things, um, maybe say things that may be disagreed by somebody else, um, innovate. Um, they feel safe to sort of not just be in protective mode and actually collaborate together. So there are things like that. I mean, that's the same regardless of whether you're, you're working in a mine, whether you're in an accounting practice, whether you're in wherever. Um, so there are certain common things, but there's things that are particular to particular industries. Like I just mentioned accounting. You've got... Um, an industry there that normally has um, fairly high customer demands. Um, you've got tax and, and legal implications um, and you've got fairly high regulatory implications for, for what you're doing. So that's particular to that industry. But, yeah, as I said, there's, there's things that are very, very different for, for industries and there's things that are pretty much the same because we're all people with a whatever job or whatever industry you're doing. I mean, you advise businesses on on sort of resilient culture. Can you walk into an organization and know if they have the right stuff or what oh. has to be done? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good question. Um, it's interesting taking taking a like a temperature check on the on the on the um, organization is done with a combination of things. Um, and one of the things, um, I talk about quantitative and qualitative ways of, of collecting that sort of temperature check. One of the qualitative ways is just the general vibe and the general um, atmosphere of the organisation. So it's definitely part of it. And most of us can relate to this. I mean, when have you walked into a shop or a workplace or something and people have just had an argument or you can almost feel the tension in the air? So there is an element of that, but it is nowhere near the full picture. Um, but you, yeah, you can often just walk into places and get a vibe of these people are happy, they're collaborative, they're working together, or they are keeping to themselves and there's like this resentment in the air. Or, or so, so it's part of it, but it's nowhere near the full picture. The We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the different ways that people can interact and you, you mentioned mentoring. 
one of the things I did after retirement was to make a point of reaching out to a lot of the the schools, the colleges that were teaching communications programs and 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 reaching out to some of these students who were young, you know, 20, 21 years of age, uh, never really learned how to mentor and then talk to them about my story and try to figure out where they wanted to go. And I, I just have this fear that that so many students don't take the time to learn and listen to people who have been in the business for 10, 20 years about the fact that, yeah, you're going to start to go up a, a ladder and things are going to look good. But at some point, you're going to get knocked down and you're going to have to bring yourself back up. I, I always think it's a very valuable lesson to teach people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if anything, this generation is probably going to struggle with it more than previous would be my guess, because it's the generation of the everything at your fingertips. Yeah. So, and, 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 and I, man, I had to go to a library. I had to read a book. I had to, <laughs> to go through a lot. You can't, of just, you can't just hop on Google and go, this is what I want to know, or let me bring up a YouTube clip that teaches me how to do something. Yeah. And that's not to say that these aren't extremely bright and smart kids, uh, but life lessons are, are are so important. If you're if you have a sort of tip for leaders uh, that are looking to build a resilient culture, are there some key building blocks that need to 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 be there to to make this work? Um, definitely, the first thing I would say is work on yourself. So leaders set the tone. Um, so if a leader, if from my area, if we talk about resilience, if a leader is um, stressed and, and is showing that to their staff, one, they're creating that culture and um, almost modelling that, that behaviour. Um, so the first step always is work on yourself, so your self-development, your, your own resilience, your self-awareness. Um, and then also work on connection with other people. So that's kind of the two sides of emotional intelligence. So your self-knowledge, your self-awareness, um, your self-development, and also connecting and empathising um, with other people. And then get, get a, a snapshot of where your culture is at. Now, the smaller the organisation, the easier that is. But when you're talking large organisations, there needs to be sort of quite a, almost like a formal process of actually working out where you're at um, and then putting things in place to actually develop that positive culture. Um, so it's not something that kind of happens by itself by default. Um, occasionally with small, like a few people, businesses that can just because you've got a leader who, who's dynamic and creates that positive environment. But, yeah, you need to, so to, to put that in summary, work on yourself first, work out connecting with other people and then find out where you're at and then take the appropriate steps to actually address the issues. Yeah, I, I felt that when I was younger, I think I was one of those people that would take on everything and expect people to be like me. And then a light went off in my career and I realized that you're only as good as the people who are working with you, alongside you. Uh, and if you don't have faith in them and you don't give them an opportunity to grow and develop and maybe make a mistake now and then, uh, they're never uh, going to get to the next step. 
one, it takes a huge weight off my own shoulders. Uh, but, but two, it's in how we, we show them as leaders. So for example, I always talk that I felt like I was a bit like a firefighter and I would run into the fire, not away from the fire, but that the people around me had to see that I was calm under all of this pressure and they would feed off that. They would see, okay, he's calm. It's okay. If I was freaked out, they'd be freaked out. And we don't want a whole freaked out workforce. Spot on. That's what I mean by leaders set the tone. And and I think like anything else, it's probably a skill that can be developed, can be learned. But I think you really have to be self-aware. And and if, if I'm taking anything from this interview, it's, you know, treat yourself first and understand what your limits are and be able to, to show, lead by example. 100%. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I thank you so much for taking some time. I'll put some of your contact information in the description uh, to the podcast. Uh, this was, was fascinating. So I thank you very much for this today. Thank you so much for having me on, Steve. The next phase with Steve Key podcast is on all the podcast networks. We're always looking for great storytellers like Jody, and uh, we're we're looking for interesting things to uh, to chat about. So please feel free to drop me a line. Until we speak again, have a wonderful day.